or the way they got uh, a testimony for the Lord or witness or gave evidence or bare, bore record for the Lord was by faith. And it's almost like I pictured in my mind, if we, we don't have time to read the whole chapter, but if you read through Hebrews 11, which I know you have, it talks about Abraham and Sarah and Joshua and Enoch and Moses and, and Noah and, and these different uh, of the men of, and women of faith that laid hold on things. They received what they did by faith, but it's almost as though uh, God would, would come to, to Moses at the burning bush, for example and say at the burning bush to Moses when he was a shepherd in Midian, right? And say, I am that I am. I am. I am. And, and Moses would lay hold on that by faith and say, yes, you are. You are that. God could say, I'm a deliverer and I've come to deliver my people, uh, Israel, from the bondage of Egypt and the cruel slavery there. I've seen their affliction. I've heard their groanings. I've come to down to deliver them. And Moses would walk with the Lord. And when, he's, when it's all said and done, he said, yes, you are delivered. You brought him out. You know what I'm saying? It's like by faith, we lay hold on that. And we bear record that we, we, we say it all the time. He's the way, the truth, and the life. There's no Savior but Jesus. And he's, he delivers from sin. And we walk with the Lord and we put our trust in him. And he delivers us from sin. And we can testify he is. He delivers from sin. You understand what I'm saying? It's, it's bearing a record. These elders obtained a good report, which is a testimony. I would say for the Lord and also from the Lord that God is faithful. Amen. That God is faithful. They found Him to be faithful. God gave Himself to these men, spoke to these men and women, okay, they said, yes, Lord, and they walked with the Lord. So not, no, none of them perfectly, okay? But they kept their eyes on the Lord and they obtained a good report that God is who He says He is. It's one thing to sit back at a distance and look at it with like a, you know, a, I don't know, some kind of scientific instrument way down at the end of a microscope and examine this faith. It's another thing to put your trust in God and to walk with God and find out, guess what? He is a healer. Not guess what, but I found him to be a healer. So by faith, I found him to be a healer. Because I trusted him to heal me or heal a loved one, and God did it. I trusted him to be my Savior and save my soul for all eternity, and he did that. And you can now, that now it testifies back unto God that he is faithful. That's what these elders obtained by faith. A testimony for the Lord and a testimony from the Lord. Okay? By faith in the living God, these saints of old, that's these elders that he's talking about. And, and think about these elders. Some are famous and known like Moses and Noah and so forth. And we just, David, we know all about them. And some are only known to heaven. You know what I mean? There's some that are just nameless. When you get towards the end of the chapter, others, you know, it just mentions them as others. But God knows who they are. And, and we have these that we love to talk about, Abraham and Sarah, and we're going to talk about them more today. But uh, they didn't obtain what they obtained by their works, by their own good works. They didn't obtain what they obtained or a testimony for the Lord uh, by their intellect or by their, they were real cunning and clever or their own physical strength. They received it by faith. By faith, the elders obtained a good report. 
Okay, a good report. And it says at the end of that chapter, you don't have to turn there, but verse 39, the beginning of that verse says, these all, after it lists all those that we know and then all those we don't know, in this chapter 11 of Hebrews, it says, and these all having obtained a good report by faith. That's how we receive it. They bore record. They gave evidence of God that He is who He says He is. I can prove it. There's proof. There's evidence in my life of it, of the blessings of God upon my life and the faithfulness of God to me through trusting the Lord by faith. And so faith in the Lord brings us into the place, and it's the only place, by the way, to know God and to obtain from God and to receive from God. Again, you can sit back at a distance and examine the world religions. So you say you're an unbeliever and you're just examining different things like a scientist and never be a partaker of any of that, of Christianity. Okay, you can look at the Bible, you can know it, you can know it better than I know it or you know it, uh, the Latin and the Greek and the Hebrew and the history of it and everything like that and not know the Lord by faith. It is by faith that a man or woman or young person obtains or receives or lays hold on the things of God. And it's the only way. It's the only way. It's the only thing that will bring us into a place of receiving from the Lord is faith. The Bible says, uh, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. Right. We talked about it last week. We talk about it probably every week in this series. Chapter six of this I mean, verse 6 of the same chapter. Without faith, it is impossible. Not that it's hard. Not that it's difficult. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. He must believe. Okay? And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I think we looked at this first last week, but at the tomb of Lazarus, Martha and Mary were heartbroken because their brother had died. They're also disappointed. They weren't to the place of sinning with their mouth, but you can see the disappointment in their mouths that, Lord, if you had been here, why did you wait four days if you had been here? We've seen you heal people. Lazarus, whom you love, died. You could have healed him before he died, but now he's dead. And you see the disappointment. And the Lord's word to them, besides roll the stone away, was, uh, said, said I not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. If you would believe. That's the only way they're going <clears> to <throat> see the glory of God is by faith. That's the only way they're going to obtain from the Lord the miracle, the blessing, the resurrection of their brother, their heart's desire, what they were longing for. True faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, this is God's Son, the Redeemer of the world, is the only way to please God, to find favor with God, to be made right with God. People don't realize walking through the life that they're not right with God, a lost person. They just don't see it. They think if there's a heaven, I'm a pretty good guy, I'll probably go there. But the Bible says that we're enemies of the Lord, that we're by nature children of wrath. If we have not put our... doesn't mean God hates us. It means our sins have separated us from Him. And He is the offense is not necessarily our sin, although the wages of sin is death. The offense is that we've rejected Christ, His provision for sin. And there's a world uh, filled with people that don't know. Thank God many do know. And, and God's called us to, to share the gospel with those that don't know. Amen. But it's the only way by faith to be put in a right relationship with Almighty God. There is nothing promised. 
to the unbeliever. There's nothing promised from God. I'm going to bless you with this. I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to strengthen you for this. I'm going to give you peace that passes understanding. I'm going to fill your heart with joy. I'm going to uh, make your feet like Hind's feet, you know, and bring you through trials and adversity. There's nothing promised or imparted to the faithless, to the unbeliever, to the doubter, to the skeptic. Now, I'm not sitting here railing on the unbeliever. I was an unbeliever. I'm simply saying this is a biblical truth, okay? There's nothing promised to the faithless. There's nothing promised to the unbelieving man. But the Bible says that the Lord has freely given us all things in Christ. There's much promise to us in faith in Jesus Christ. All the things of God that He wants to richly give us and bless us with, they all come to the man or woman of God by faith. Uh, the world can laugh and scorn and ridicule and make fun. And yet, as I said, their, their lives are built upon sinking sand. We, we sang about the rock, the solid rock. Our lives, though we can't see it physic, Him physically with our eyes, we can't see the Holy Spirit moving in our hearts and lives or convicting of sin. We can't see the Spirit of God moving on someone necessarily and healing them. But we know God and we know His Word. And we are built upon, and our faith is as sure as He is. The promises of God are as sure as His mighty name. The name that's above every name. We must have faith in the Lord. I want you to turn to, uh, to James chapter 1. Right after the book of Hebrews comes the book of James. Look with me, if you would, at James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. If any of you lack wisdom... Let him ask of God. Now we're talking about obtaining by faith today. That's specifically what we're looking at. Faith receives, faith gets. Not selfishly or greedily, but faith is what receives from God what He has promised. And, and a relationship with the Lord and the blessings of God. So here he's talking about wisdom. If any of you lacks wisdom, I do. I pray, I pray James 1.5 every day. I'll be honest with you. Because the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and understanding. It's more desirous to be had than precious gold or silver or rubies. That we need godly wisdom. Not the world's wisdom. The world's wisdom is carnal. It, it perishes along with the sinner. Okay? But godly wisdom is precious. Godly wisdom is from God. Godly wisdom instructs us and guides us morally and spiritually and protects us and leads us in a way that honors God and blesses our lives, okay? If any of you lack wisdom, who do we go to? Let him ask of God. What does God do? God gives to all men liberally and upbraids not, and it shall be given him. And there's a period there. But he says, let him ask how? In faith. We're doing a series on faith. Faith obtains. If we're going to ask God wisdom or any, for wisdom or anything else, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea, and we've all seen him before, driven with the wind and tossed. But let not that man think that he shall receive what? Anything from the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Faith obtains. Unbelief does not. Our asking of God. I need wisdom, God. 
We do. We all need wisdom, right? So we go to God and we say, Lord, I need wisdom for this situation. I need wisdom for every situation. I need wisdom to raise my children. They're getting older now. Now how do I treat them? I need wisdom for this. Uh, I've got a situation at work. I need godly wisdom, not just what I would read in some psychology magazine. I need the wisdom of God. I belong to you. You're in charge. I want to yield to you. So we're praying for godly wisdom. But he says we have to ask by faith. When we ask by faith, then we receive by faith because God, because God gives to all men, all means all, liberally, it means freely, and upbraids not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith. Let him ask in faith. Because when we don't ask in faith, we're just like the wave of the sea. And I think that would characterize a lot of our lives, and I would say mine as well. But I don't want to be that. Okay? I pray that in this series of faith that God will strengthen our faith. And we wouldn't be like waves driven up and down with the wind and tossed. Uh, we have to, we, if we're going to receive from God, we have to ask by faith. God desires to bless us. Do y'all believe that? Do you believe when, we, when a, a child of God goes to lo the Lord that we literally have to pry <laughs> His hands loose from some blessing that we want? That we have to beg Him and plead with them and, and swear to do all these wonderful things for God. The Bible says, fear not, little flock, Jesus said to his disciples, it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So let the fear be gone. He may not give us everything because in his wisdom, he knows it might not be best for us. I've used the example before. You don't give the keys to a, you know, a, one of these big escalades out here to a six-year-old. Say, go have fun, son, just because you're asking me. I'm going to give it to you. The wisdom in that wouldn't be too, too great, right? Uh, so sometimes we're like that six-year-old kid. I want it, God. I want it. You said you'll give me the, the, whatever I want. He knows. We don't see it. Even when we're grown up and adults, we don't see all the time. God's withholding is a blessing from us sometimes. But the point is, if we're ever going to receive from God, we don't have to beg Him. It's His good pleasure to give us the kingdom. But we have to ask Him and approach Him by faith. It's His pleasure to, to bless us with His goodness, His kindness, His forgiveness, His strength, His peace, His joy, everything. I've heard, uh, I think it was Smith Wigglesworth that said that God is more willing <coughs> to give than we are to ask. And I believe that. Okay? He is more willing to give than we are to ask. And uh, he, it's His good pleasure to bless us in that way. I just want to read this Scripture to you. It's an amazing Scripture when you really think about it. You can turn if you want, but I'm going to read from Mark 11, verses 22-24. through 24. And Jesus answering said unto them, this is after the fig tree was withered so quickly that He had cursed the day before, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. Listen, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. It almost sounds like this is, this is Lord, are you sure you want to put that in the Bible? Is it really like that. Now there are other qualifications in the Bible, but here evidently 
the main qualification in this passage is faith. Is faith that we, should, if we will ask and not doubt in our hearts. Well, if I'm asking for something sinful, that should bring a doubt to my heart. So it's not just whatever I want. Kill all my enemies today, God. They laughed at me yesterday. Would you kill them all? You know, and I'm believing you to do it. Uh, that's not praying by faith. That's not praying in the name of Jesus. That's not praying according to the will of God. But if we ask anything according to His will, says in, in 1 John, we know that He hears us. And we've, if we know that He hears us, then we know that we have the petition that we've desired of Him. So they all have to fall in place. But, but no doubt about it, in this passage, He's very clearly talking about faith. That if we would believe and not doubt, we shall receive. We must believe God. We must believe that He is and He's a rewarder of them that desperately seek Him. We must believe He's able to do this. If I'm asking God to do something and really not at all believing that He can do it, then I need to go to the Word of God and be assured. I need to go to the Lord in prayer and let Him strengthen my heart to believe, to pray for this thing. It's just, we have to. We have to believe, God, you're able to do this. There's a lot of things we have to believe. Okay? Remember, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. We have to believe He's good and does good, even we don't, we don't like, particularly like what He's doing at this time. You have times in your life you don't like what's going on in your life. If you had written the script, it would have been different. You never got sick in the first place, right? Your, your family member would have never left you, or friends would have never left, or whatever. Uh, we have to believe that about God, His character, His nature. That Lord, it says in Psalm 119, Thou art good and doest good. We need to believe that. Even though I don't see it. Remember, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. We have to believe that what we need Him to do for us, He, he will do for us. He's not just going to do it, in other words, for Abraham. Abraham is a friend of God. Right? Well, the Bible says, Jesus says, henceforth I call you friends. I don't call you servants anymore, but friends. Because a servant doesn't know what his master's doing until maybe he tells him at that moment to go do something. But I'm telling you freely all things that I'm doing and what I, what I want to do with your life. I call you friends. Jesus calls us that. And so we have to believe that God is not a respecter of persons. Lord, you did it for, for Joshua when those walls came tumbling down, but I don't really believe you'll do it for me. We have to believe that the goodness of God, that He's not, He says in His Word, He is no respecter of persons. You know what that means? He doesn't show favorites. <clears throat> he doesn't have a, teach, a teacher's pet. Okay? Um, he, we have to believe these things about God. We have to believe that His Word, the promises that He's given us are true. We close with this last song. Jesus, I believe in You. Jesus, I belong to You. There's many songs we sung even this morning about faith and about trust in the Lord. And we have to believe that, that He is eternally faithful and that He's fully capable. We have to believe that. It can't just be a little slogan on our refrigerator that we cut out. It has to be in our hearts. With the heart, man believes unto righteousness, right? It's with the heart that we believe. We have to believe that He is exactly who and what He says He is in His Word. He's not a genie, because the Bible doesn't say He's a genie. He's not, uh, he's not all these things that a lot of worldly people and, and 
you know, pseudo-Christians and everything else say He is. He, he is just who His Word says He is. In all 66 books of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, that God right there that is written and given the testimony of Himself and His Word, I need to believe He's exactly who He says He is in this Word. And that's the one I need to trust in. You can kill me if you want to. Let me live if you want to. Whatever you want to do. But I'm, I'm staying right here. I'm believing this. And I believe in this God. And I'm going to walk with Him. I love what Paul said. Uh, many things he said. But he, he writes all these epistles to the churches. And he gets to the end of his life on this earth. The Lord showed him he was going to be martyred. He was in his prison in Rome. And he writes 2 Timothy, the last epistle that he wrote. And he says, uh, for I know whom I have believed. So this is what he's thinking about at the end of his life. The key is he knew, he knew who he believed in. And who you believe in is everything. Because if I'm believing in God, then He is the God of this Bible. And He is who He promises to be, whether I can see it, my eyes look a little blurry, and my eyes of faith are a little blurry, and I can't see it all perfectly clearly. I go to His Word, and I see He is exactly who He says He is. And I'm going to trust Him to be exactly who He says He is, and to do exactly what He says He is. Not 50% of that, not 90% of that. I'm not going to put a spin on it, to make it fit my situation, I'm going to trust Him to change my situation, to change my heart, to change my mind, to change their situation, to change their hearts and minds. I'm going to trust Him. Paul says, I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded. That means he's convinced that he is able to keep all that I've committed unto Him against that day. <clears throat> against the day of, of death. Against the day of being martyred for the Lord. Against the day of passing from this life to the next. All, all that he had, I'm fully persuaded that with everything and every prayer and everything I've entrusted to Almighty God through His Son, Jesus Christ, everything I'm trusting Him to do because I've given up things in this life that I may obtain a better resurrection, I'm trusting You for all of that, God. Trusting You personally to deliver that. I believe You to do it. I know Him. I know whom I believe. And I'm persuaded that He's, he's able Amen? Not to do part, but to do all. To keep all, all that I've committed unto Him against that day. You know what that is? What Paul is, has right there? He's not listed in Hebrews 11, but he has a testimony. By faith, Paul obtained this testimony for the Lord. Okay? He didn't see any of that by faith, but he believed God by faith. I cut this out, y'all, and, and framed it. Uh, deprinted it out and and we framed it for John. She's going on to be with the Lord now. But I have the, the, still the picture framed because I was reading the R.A. Torrey book many years ago and he gave his definition of faith. And I loved it. So we cut it out and it was in, in, uh, in John's house. It says, this is, R.A. Torrey says this, to believe God is to rely upon or have unhesitating assurance of the truth of God's testimony, even though it is unsupported by any other evidence. So think about it. I'm having full assurance of God's testimony, even though nothing else is, is bearing witness to it. Now the Holy Ghost is bearing witness to it. The Word of God is bearing witness to it. Faithful men and women of God have been born of His Spirit are bearing witness to it. 
But in, the, in reality, Joshua mar marching around the wall once a day for six days, and the seven times on the seventh day, even on the sixth pass on the seventh day, the walls were still as strong as ever. They were, every brick and mortar was in place, and you, they were so big, people were living on top of the wall. They said that you could drive chariots on top of the wall. It was a serious fortress. There was nothing in the natural that supported the reality of those walls coming down flat. But the Lord had, wasn't finished yet. You got one more pass to make around those walls. And then you say, shout for the Lord has given me the city. Given you the city. And when they shouted, guess what happened? God kept His testimony. It came to happen just like He said it would. The walls fell flat. They didn't crumble over in pieces or something like that. It says they fell flat. And every man that was around the city went up straight forward and they took the city. My point is, and I'll keep reading, even though it's unsupported by any other evidence, and to rely upon and have unfaltering assurance of the fulfillment of His promises, even though everything seems against fulfillment. And I just love the, the way He put that. It's, I believe it's right on target as far as what, what true faith is. And I, and I thank the Lord. How do we have that? We're going to talk more in the weeks. How do we really have faith and have our faith strengthened? We'll have a whole message on that. But, but just uh, to please God, we have, to, we have to live by faith. And we have to believe Him. The Bible says in order to, to obtain a good report, these elders did it by faith. Paul did it by faith. You and I are going to not going to do it some other way. We're going to obtain a testimony for the Lord. Let's say for the Lord and from the Lord. Where he says, he is faithful. And, and puts, you know, in other words, uses her almost as an example. Our, our child, Patricia, Chris and Marie, anybody else. That we have a testimony for the Lord. And we have a testimony from the Lord. That we've lived for God. And we've, we, he, we've seen that he's faithful. Now we can testify that to other people. And God reflects that, uh, that testimony to other people for His own glory. But we have to please Him who's called us to be a soldier, the Bible says. We don't live to please ourselves. And we have to do that by faith. How do we do that? How do we... Uh, God's called us to serve Him. God's called us to suffer for His name's sake. How do we do that? It has to be by faith. I'm not preaching gloom and doom to your life and I'm not pronouncing some persecution upon your life. I'm simply saying to live for God. How do we do that? How do we overcome? We overcome by faith. Listen to this Scripture. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. We put our faith in Christ. That's where the overcoming uh, comes from. I want to look at a couple more scriptures in, in Hebrews chapter 11. We could pull many examples. I want to look at just two real quickly. Hebrews 11.4 By faith Abel. He's really the first one we see in the Bible that exercised any kind of faith. Or did anything by faith. And the Bible speaks of it here. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. By which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts. 
and by it he being dead yet speaks. The Lord is still speaking about Abel's testimony. We're talking about it here today. Okay? The gift that he gave was a blood sacrifice. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. And the way he did it by faith, because the Bible says that's how Abel, by faith, he offered what God required. And it pleased God. And God's speaking of him. And now it pleased the Lord. Now the Lord's speaking well of him. And we're talking about it. If you're going to obtain a good report, or I am, it's going to be by faith. By faith, Enoch. Next verse. And they, I love these stories. I love to think about them sometimes. By faith, Enoch was translated. You know, that means he was just taken. He was just moved from this earth. Uh, he was translated that he should not see death. And he was not found. You know why they couldn't find him? Because God took him. He took him with him to heaven. He was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony. What? That he pleased God. And it says at the beginning of that verse, by faith Enoch was translated. And so uh, we see it here over and over. And we could keep reading, but by faith Abel offered what he offered. By faith Enoch had a testimony that he pleased God. And, and the Lord took him and he was translated. Their faith in God spoke and speaks. It testified and testifies of the faithfulness of God, of the goodness of God, of Almighty, uh, who He was to them, what He was to them. That's what I want my faith to speak to men, or, men and women around me. And your faith to speak to, to me and to others around you. That your faith would show that you really believe this God. You trusted Him to to save you and He saved you. You trusted Him to forgive all your sins and He did. You trusted Him to give you peace in the midst of the storm and He did. And people take note of that. God takes note of it. Certainly you take note of it in your own life. That's how we obtain. We obtain by faith. If it was already laid out for us and we could already see the streets of gold, there was nothing to, to trust God for. It was all just already provided for us. There would be no need for faith. There will be one day when there's not a need. The Bible says faithful end in sight. Okay? But until then, the just shall live by faith. And we trust God just as though we had seen it. And it's that real to us. We trust God as though we are walking on the streets of gold right now. That is possible, y'all. It's possible by faith. And the Lord is able to keep us in that way. Uh, I'll just read a couple more verses real quickly. Go home to thy friends, Jesus told them. Remember the man, Dima possessed, that lived in the tombs, right? And he, Jesus cast the demons out. And now the man falls at Jesus' feet and worships him. He's clothed because he was naked before and lived like an animal in the tombs. And he's in his right mind. That's what God does for us. And so he's not foaming at the mouth or clawing or scratching. He's like a human being ought to be created in the image of God. All right? And he, he wants to go with Jesus. Let me go with you, Lord. I want to go be with you wherever you go. The Lord says, go home to thy friends. Tell them how great things the Lord has done for you. You know, we, we ought to be able to tell people the great things God's done for us and had compassion on, on thee. And, and how he, and it says he departed and began to publish in Decapolis, and, and, and how great things Jesus had done for him 
and all men did marvel. I just think about it. We need to testify the goodness of God. I can't do that without faith. I can't do that without trusting the Lord and then seeing God in return being faithful. But when I trust the Lord and He's faithful, I can go publish. My life ought to publish it. Okay, whether I'm in a pulpit or not. Just Most of the time, we're not in a pulpit. Some will never be in a pulpit. And yet, our life ought to testify. That's how the elders obtained a good report. God protected Michael in a pretty bad wreck. Thursday evening. Um, worlds think, well, okay, no big deal. A lot of people walk away unscathed. Well, they might. They might not. A lot of people die in wrecks too. You know, or walk away crippled. Don't walk away. And God protected him and watched over him. And, and uh, these, these are just testimonies of the Lord. Where we're trusting God and, and believing the Lord. Amen? And, and God in turn testifies back to us. And when the Lord... Uh, the centurion came to the Lord, not a Jew, not, you know, he's a, a Roman, and he says, I've got a servant at home that's sick, and the Lord says, I'll come heal him, and the, the centurion says, Lord, I'm not even worthy that you come to my house. I love the humility there. There's real humility there. He got it. However much he got, he got it. He understood that he's God, he has this incredible authority and all authority, and I'm just a man. Okay, And he says, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. For I'm a man under authority. Having soldiers under me, I say to this man, go and he goes. To another, come and he comes. To my servant, do this and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said unto them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, and as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. And his servant was healed in the self-same hour. Yeah, it's just amazing. But obviously he had faith. The Lord marveled at his faith and commended it. And his faith obtained something, didn't it? He wanted his servant to be healed. He loved his servant who was home hurting or dying maybe for all we know. And, and he obtained something by faith. He obtained the favor of the Lord. The specific thing that he asked for from God. The only way any man will ever receive is by faith. Unbelief receives nothing. It obtains nothing from the Lord. And so what it does obtain is judgment from the Lord. Because the Bible says in Revelation, I'll just read it quickly. It says, He that overcomes, this is the end of all, end all. This is chapter 21. It ends in chapter 22. He that overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God. And he shall be my son. But the fearful and the unbelieving the fearful and the unbelieving. You know, I, I've thought about this before. If I had been God, thank the Lord I'm not, or had written this, I would have said, you know, the murderer and the, and the kidnapper and the rapist. and the, uh, I would have put them first. But he says the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable. And then he puts the murderers, the whoremongers, the sorcerers, idolaters, liars, shall have their part all have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. What is he saying? Unbelief receives nothing. Belief in Jesus Christ. A man must come by faith to the Lord. Or we have no... That, that's going to be the end. A lake of fire. Not because I said it. I could be dead and never open my mouth. The Word of God says it. And he says that is the, the part for the fearful and the unbelieving. Is the... the uh, 
the lake which burns with fire, which is the second death. Hebrews says this in chapter 3.12. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. And I'm about to close. In departing from the living God. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Now that was that Hebrews couldn't go into the promised land. Can you imagine there to be literally on the brink of this land that flows with milk and honey and they live in houses they didn't even have to build and eat from vineyards they didn't even have to plant. And God says, I'll go before you and I'll destroy the enemy and drive them out before you. Just walk by faith with me, humbly with your God, and possess the land. And instead, they doubted God, the nature of God, the character of God, the goodness of God. We've all doubted before, but they lived in unbelief. And they died in unbelief. And they cursed God. And they made idols. And they wanted to go back to Egypt. And literally, the Bible says, for 40 years they wandered in the wilderness. What a life. That whole adult generation wandered around like in tents just in the wilderness. Now God did feed them with manna and gave them water from the rock. Because He was good. It doesn't mean individuals didn't repent or something like that. But I know they didn't go to the promised land. They wandered in unbelief. And they died in unbelief. So they could not enter in because of what? Because they, they cursed. Because they committed murder. They could not enter in because of their unbelief. Take heed, brethren, Christian brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil heart. That's what God calls it. Of unbelief in departing from the living God. It's an evil heart. It's not just, well, if He'd give me a little more evidence, then I would believe Him. No, He's given you evidence. He's given you a conscience in your heart. He's given all creation that testifies of, the, of the, uh, His eternal power and Godhead. It says in Romans 1, He's given His Word. He's given somebody to bring the Gospel to you. You've chosen not to believe. That's an evil heart of unbelief. And unbelief receives nothing from God. And so we have to believe in order to receive from God. Uh, it's a lack of faith. It's a, it's a trusting. And it really what, what it does, it shuts us off. Our sins separate us from God, but there's even a remedy for our sins. The blood of Jesus. Amen. By putting our faith in Him. But there's no <coughs> remedy for unbelief other than faith. Okay, And it's up to us as God woos us and leads us and speaks to us and convicts us of sin and by His Spirit, which we've been talking about on Wednesday nights, and, and reveals things through His Word. It's us to us to respond and say, yes, Lord, I don't see it, but I'm convinced of it. I don't see it, but I'm convinced of it. Peter walked on water, y'all. You don't see that. You do it. It doesn't make sense, okay? You don't see it. You don't figure it out. You don't see somebody else do it first. You do it by faith. And he walked on water. When he doubted, he began to sink. Alright? We know the story. But unbelief receives nothing from the, from the Lord but judgment. So just think of it as just Judgment. The unbelievers will face God as judge. They'll know He was Savior. They'll know He died for their sins in that day. But He won't be their Savior because they died in unbelief. They can't enter in the fearful and the unbelieving. And we're about to close, but the Bible says that uh, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. So there's an equation there. That's how it has to be. We have to believe God. We have to trust the Lord. We can't doubt. And when we do doubt, we call upon the Lord. He'll strengthen us and help us. But I'm saying we have to believe God to obtain a good report or anything else. Whatever is not of faith is sin. The blessings that do come to us, y'all, by faith. And this is what I'm closing with. Blessings from our Heavenly Father. 
that we receive from Him by faith in Him. The blessings of a good testimony. The blessings of, of all the blessings of God that He wants to give us. And what the Lord does is said in return, who gets the glory for it? When, when Joshua obeyed the Lord. Yeah, I'll speak highly of Joshua. The Bible speaks highly of Joshua. We ought to give honor to whom honor is due. But the glory goes back to God. Because God used a little... I say weak man, and weak in the sense of just a human being, not a superhero. He just used a man of flesh and blood, like Elijah, was a man of like passions, okay? He, God used just an earthen vessel of clay like you and me, nothing special in ourselves to make walls fall flat. How did it happen? By faith, Joshua obeyed the Lord, marched around the city, and did exactly what God said. So the glory goes back to God. When you have a testimony for Christ and trust Him, and you pray something or trust Him to do something that's impossible with men, and it comes to pass, who gets the glory for it? God gets the glory for it. It redounds back to the glory of God. It's all for His glory. And I'll just close with this. Later in chapter 11 of Hebrews, these nameless saints that we don't know, heaven knows them, one day we'll meet them, okay? Women receive their dead back to life again. Others died in destitute caves and and so forth were beheaded and put to the fire. It says, who faith, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises. They got something. They obtained the promises of God. They didn't write their own ticket and said, God, fill it. They obtained the promises of God. They stopped the mouths of lions. I think of Daniel, but there were others that were thrown to the lions. Some died in the lion's den. Daniel was spared from the lion's den and died later. But either way, by faith, they went in there. Okay? Women received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. They could have copped out and you know, said, okay, okay, we don't believe in Jesus anymore. Spare my life. But they didn't. They didn't accept deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. The Bible says of whom the world was not worthy. I know I'm not. I'm not worthy of men and women like that. And, uh, but that's my God that gave them the strength and He'll give us the strength to do it again. Paul said, I've kept the faith. Right? I've kept the faith. I fought the good fight, finished my course. I've kept the faith. That's what we have to keep. When he's at the end of his life and he's writing in the last chapter of the last epistle that he wrote to Timothy and he's about to be beheaded, the time of my departure is at hand, he writes, I kept the faith. Because that's what it comes down to. Walking with the Lord by faith, being saved by faith, daily living by faith. He says, I've kept the faith. That means to guard from loss or injury by keeping the eyes upon Jesus. That's literally what it said when I looked that up. What does it mean that I've kept the faith? To guard from loss or injury by keeping the eyes upon Jesus. So I'm going to close with that. Y'all, the altars are open, D. If you would come. You know what Paul went on to say, though, when he kept the faith? Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord will give me in that day. Not to me only, but all those that love His appearing. In other words, we can't wait to see the Lord. He's more valuable to us than this world. He's more valuable than my team winning the Super Bowl. He's more valuable than a promotion than getting that big house instead of a little house. He's everything to me. Take this world, you can have it. That I look for His appearing. That's what I'm looking for. That's what my heart's fixed upon by faith. And the Bible says there's a crown laid up from the Lord for everyone that loves His appearing. 
We're going to receive it by faith, y'all. Every one of us, we're going to receive it because God is able to keep us from falling. But we keep our eyes on Jesus. These altars are open. We're closing right now. But let, let God just seal this in your heart. Whatever He's speaking to you, maybe just say, Lord, forgive me for my doubt and unbelief. Maybe you want to thank the Lord for giving you whatever measure of faith you have. Maybe you want your faith to be strengthened in God. Maybe you just want to thank Him for all that comes to the believer by faith. But take just a few moments before we rush out of here to lunch. Take a few moments. Dee's going to lead us in some worship. These altars are open. There's no other agenda except you and Jesus meeting together. We pray with the Lord. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you.